Hello and welcome back. This is episode number nine and I am so excited to bring it to you because this is one of my favorite topics to talk about and it's one that is highly up for debate and one that you could even get in family fights over just like religion and politics <laughs> and that is flat earth. I call it biblical earth because flat earth to me is just a way to make people throw it right out because we all know the earth isn't flat. We see the mountains in front of us or the hills or what the valleys, you know, we know the earth isn't flat. So let's talk about biblical earth today. And to do that, I'm going to just bust out my old Bible that I've been reading that actually is why I no longer believe the NASA lie. And before we even get started here with this whole topic, I ask that you set your um, brainwashing aside because we all were brainwashed since birth with this one. Every single one of us was handed a globe and was told how the world turns. And not many of us actually picked up a Bible and read how God said he made it. And those of us that do, I'm finding are overlooking what God says because of the brainwashing from school and all that stuff. So I'm asking, please, to take your brainwashing, set it aside, and let's just... Actually, let's pray before we even start this one. I usually pray at the end, but let's do this at the beginning. Father God, I just pray first and foremost that the words that come out of my mouth are from you and your truth and not my own. And I pray, Lord, that you open all of our eyes, even including mine today with this podcast. And I just pray, Lord, that you expose truth because the Bible does say that the truth will be revealed and all darkness will be revealed. And I believe this is one that the enemy has created to make us think that you're far away from us when you're right next to us, when you're close to us, when your feet are literally above us. And so God, I just thank you for this, this book that you've left for us to actually learn history and how you did it all. And I pray that more people pick it up and read it. And I thank you that you are the creator of all things, including me in Jesus name. Okay, guys. So <clears throat> let's talk about the Bible real quick. The Bible that we have in America is 66 books. Isn't that funny? I mentioned that in my first podcast, Waking Up to the Bible, which by the way, I didn't even realize I didn't download until last week. <laughs> so I fixed that. My first podcast is up. Um, so check that one out if you haven't heard it yet. But <sighs> the Catholic Church is a very interesting product of uh brainwashing in america and i find it so sad because one they've taken the bible and they made it an incomplete book with only 66 books in it so people are left with half the story when i truly believe the leaders and the people in charge know the whole story and i believe most elite people that have sold their soul to the devil have been told the secrets and that's why when you listen to like 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 red hot chili peppers space may be the final frontier but it's made in the hollywood basement um if you didn't hear my laurel canyon episode last week that's probably the basement it was made in um you know and if you look let's just talk about space real quick since i brought that up if you look at nixon the day we supposedly landed on the moon how the hell did he call the freaking moon with a phone with a cord okay i mean my cell phone doesn't even work in albuquerque new mexico in my own house half the time so you're trying to tell me i could call the moon 
why can't we all call the moon now? You know, where's the tower? It's just so stupid. And then you think about why we haven't gone back. And if you actually go to NASA, and I will pull this up, actually, because I like to play you guys the clips that I listen to. They tell you they can't go back because they lost the technology. Yeah, they got stupor, stupider. Is that a word? Dumber. They got dumber over the years. <laughs> How does NASA get dumber over the years? I need to do a whole podcast on NASA, and I, I will do that next week, actually, now that I'm bringing this up, because they have told so many lies. They have, uh, you know, told us that they've lost technology. They ha- they funnel tons and tons and ton- tons of money there, and if you listen to any victim of SRA or MK Ultra and SRA is Satanic Ritual Abuse, and MK Ultra is where they program you to b- basically be a government zombie, they do torture people at NASA. Isn't that nice? underwater tortures and all kinds of fun things that go on there and this is from their own testimonies so nasa to me is how it all kind of started right like i see people wearing nasa shirts and i just roll my eyes when trump talks about space force i roll my eyes i'm like what what does space force mean to him because I hate that they all play along with it. I believe even he knows and he still plays along with it. And that makes, you know, the older, the boomer generation be like, you guys are idiots. But really, if you just pick up the stinking Bible and listen to NASA, it's so easy to figure out. Plus, the word NASA in Hebrew means to be deceived. It's like a spelt tiny bit different, but they love to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, and if you go look at all the logos for like the UN and things like that, they all use flat earth, quote unquote. From now on, we're calling it biblical earth. So I'm just opening up my Bible to Genesis, you guys. And if you have a Bible, please go get it. Blow off the dirt and read it. Check it out. So in the beginning, I'm just starting from the beginning, guys. In the beginning, God created heavens and earth. The earth was without form, it was void, and darkness was on the face, face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face. Okay, listen to how many times he says face when just in Genesis. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And he saw that the light was good, and he divided the light from the darkness. Now stop right there. That doesn't say anything about the sun and the moon. I think the light and the darkness means spiritual darkness and light. I really do. Because if you continue on to verse four, it says, and God saw the light and oh, wait, we already read that. So that's verse five now. So God called the light day and the darkness he called night, but we're still not talking about no sun and moon yet. So in the evening and the morning was the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament. Okay. Now we got to talk about the firmament because nowhere in the Bible does it say, and then God took away the firmament. Nowhere. But you have people say, well, after the flood, the firmament disappeared. No. The Bible says God opened and closed the windows of heaven. That's why I believe everything on earth is a copycat of what's in heaven. And I believe that's why we have windows. Because there's windows in heaven. And why do you think the sky's blue, guys? Because there's water above you. Just like the Bible says. I mean, it all makes sense when you read the Bible. And nothing makes sense when you don't. Think about this too real quick. Let's talk about NASA. NASA tells you we spend 666,000 miles. They love that 666, by the way. Uh, around fast, you know, like we're spinning. I don't know, you look it up yourself. I don't know the exact stuff, the exact, but I know it's 666 something. And um, so they're saying we're spinning like that fast. If you've ever been to the fair when I was little, one of my favorite 
rides. And this was like the first thing that made me be like, yeah, why aren't we all stuck to the side of the earth? We get in this little thing. It looked like a, um, UFO. Everybody gets in, you stand on the side of the UFO thing and you're like on this bed that's against the wall. So it's upright and it's on wheels. And as the thing starts spinning faster and faster, you start lifting up, like floating up to the sky. As it slows down, you finally go back down to the ground. It, it was a super fun ride. I loved it because I like spinning around. But that's exactly what Earth would be like if it spun the way we are taught it does. We would all be stuck to the sides and we'd be floating up and down. And let's bring up gravity real quick. Therefore, there isn't gravity. There's no such freaking thing as gravity. There's It's mass. I mean, you can do this science trick at your own house. You fill up your sink with water. If you put a plastic light ball in it, it's going to float because the mass is lighter. But you go and put a canned food, Campbell's can in there, it's going to sink to the bottom because the mass is heavier. Ding, ding, ding. That's your gravity, folks. Okay, so I'm on verse 6 in Genesis, and I already feel like I did my whole podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so we got to the firmament. Um, and so it says, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw it was good. And then God said, let the earth earth bring forth grass the herbs that yield seed and the fruit trees that yield fruit according to its kind whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass the herbs that yield seed according to its kind the trees that yield fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind and god saw it was good so the evening and the morning were the third day all right guys listen up now we're on genesis 14 then God said, let there be lights. Can you land on a light? No, <laughs> you can't. If you shine a flashlight and you shine it on a wall, you'll see the stream of light, but you can't land on it. You can't land on the moon, according to the Bible. So let there be lights. And the they didn't come until the fourth day. Okay. So in the firmament, so it's inside the firmament. The sun and the moon are inside and they revolve around us. And I'm going to prove that later in the Bible. Okay. Because none of this is going to be my own opinion. This is just going to be God's word and let God's word be his word and let every man be a liar. And that's where I rest my case. I'm a lawyer now. Okay. Okay. So it said, <laughs> can you tell I've had debates about this, com this by, by many people and including ones that get a little angry when you talk about it. So I try to be very, just here's the facts. So it said, let there be lights in the firmaments of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Because there was already the light, right? The night, light and dark. There was already that. Like right away, there was the good versus evil in my opinion. But now he actually set lights in the firmament to divide the day from the night. And let them be signs and seasons for the days and the years, which they are. I mean, the, the whole Bible's riddled with astrology. You know what I mean? 
it's just incredible. So it says, um, and let them be light in the firmament. So there it is again in the heavens to give light on earth. And it was so. And if you read back, let earth, he clearly defines as land and the sun and the moon, he clearly defines as lights. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made stars also. And God set them in the firmament in there's that word again of the heavens to give light on earth and rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Okay. So that's just Genesis, the beginning to 19. And it right there tells us how the earth is created. But because we've been brainwashed our whole lives, we, I guess, don't read that. I don't know. So then you further go down into biblical verses. And I'm just going to read things that come off my, my, my head here. One of them is um, God uses the earth as his footstool. And I truly believe he does. I believe like now that I read the Bible, this is how I picture the earth. I picture the earth like a snow globe. Because you can go under the earth too. We all know there's underground tunnels, things like that. They know this stuff, you guys. Um, but they tell you there's a core. Why Why are all these underground tunnels like f filled up with lava if it's so hot? It's just all such a lie. And I, it just sucks that we're learning a bunch of lies. And that I believe that's why they took the Bible out of schools. Because if you take the Bible out of schools, put NASA in, then then you brainwash the children from the beginning, get your kids to be raised from six weeks old in daycares all the way, you know, until they're 18, then they got them pretty darn pre programmed and then send them to college and you're screwed because then they're, the professors get them and they throw God out the window and everything else and they'll never pick this book up ever. And then they start to hate God because of circumstances in their lives or religion, which is not God, which... You can hear that in my podcast as well, a prior one. I don't remember which one. I think it was the Jesus is, wasn't a Christian or something like that. Um, so anyways, if you just read the word, you will see over and over and over that God says it's firm. It's on a firm foundation. It's uh, still, unless he shakes it, um, he says it's on pillars, which I find very interesting. He he says in this one, oh, this is, this is what made me start researching flat earth. Um, let me pull up the verse. I will read it to you. Okay. Okay. A little context. If anybody ever quotes a Bible verse at you, make sure you read it in context because people love to take this book out of context and use it for their religious purposes and to beat their children and cheat on their wives or whatever. And it's ridiculous or have multiple wives. I mean, come on. Every single time that happened in the Bible, it was man's will, not God's. So like God told Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to give you a kid. And Sarah was the one that was impatient and was like, well, maybe he went through like uh, Hagar. So here, have her. So you know what? Who started it? Not God. God never commanded anybody to have multiple wives. I'm just saying. That was all mankind right there. That was their, their little doings. So people that use multiple wives biblically don't read the Bible either. They just use it as they choose. Anyways, that's just a little sidetrack. Okay, so I went, I was reading the Bible for the first time in my life, and I got to the book of Joshua. And Joshua, I love, I love his story. I love this book. Um, you know, like I said, this book is 66 books, but it has approximately 40 different authors. 
And so it's a compl it's a bunch of books, you know what I mean? Um, so anyways, I'm going to go to verse 12 and it says, then Josh, he's fighting giants. Joshua's fighting giants. It's getting late. He's getting tired. It says, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of whatever it's called Ajon or something like that. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So I'm like, book of Jasher? Guess who bought that book? I did. Guess who read it and reading it actually right now? It's, again, it's so good, you guys. Each book that is mentioned in this Bible not only tells us more and more of how God created the earth right there, it, the sun and the moon stood still. Well, how does that happen in NASA teaching? It cannot. NASA teaches that that we are so unimportant. NASA teaches you, this is what NASA teaches you, that God does not care about you, that you are just a blip in this crazy universe. You really don't matter. You're, you know, um, you, you're, everything does not revolve around you. Um, you revolve around it. So when people like I used to teach yoga and I'm one, one of these days, I was going to do this today, but then this got put on my heart, um, to talk about that journey and that experience and the, the, evil deities that a lot of those yogis worship. But when I used to teach it and it'd be someone's birthday, they'd be like, it's 39 times around the sun. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, lies. We don't go around the sun. The sun goes around us guys. It's for us. And so if you think of biblical cosmology, God, you're made in the image of God. So you're awesome. I mean, can you, can you acknowledge that you're made in the image of God? You are not a God another false lie the new age teaches, but you are made in the image of God. So that means you're made pretty darn cool. Not only that, he made everything to revolve around you, the sun, the moon, the stars to take care of you. That's why it's so good to go outside and get vitamin D, but they teach you that the sun gives you cancer. But what really gives you cancer is sunscreen. It's man, we could really go off on these podcasts. And I learned last week that my podcast cuts me off at 64 minutes. That's why I had to do a part two. Um, but the last 11 minutes, I think everybody should listen to. And I was like, maybe God did that on purpose because that last 11 minutes tells you how Kamala Harris is involved with trafficking children. And everybody should listen to that because she's currently in 2022, the day I'm recording this November 4th, 2022, she's our fake vice president. It, yeah. So <laughs> we got a lot of work to do America. Okay. So just in that part, you know, it, that just shows you that there's more books that are written. Not only that, it tells you that the sun and the moon revolve around us. Now today I'm in this little Bible group, a Bible study group where a friend sends a verse every day. And I read the verse this morning and I, I noticed something and I want to read it to you guys. All right. When I was little, we used to go to Sunday school and there was a song that they taught us and it was called the whole world is in his hands. I really do believe that's where the foundation of the world is held. So my husband said, you know, Mel, I believe that we're not spinning around and I believe that, you know, all the things that the Bible says, but I want to know what we're on. What's the firm foundation on? And I'm always like, I don't know, but someday we'll know, you know? Well, today when she sent this, it's, she sent Psalms 95, two through three, but I always read the whole verse and I got to to verse four and it says, 
In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. But I was just like, I really do think the earth is in his hands. Who knows? I mean, we won't. I don't know. But I, I just loved it. And I was just like, that's so cool. So anyways, I highly encourage you, you know, do your own research on this stuff. And and to do that, read the Bible. <laughs> Go figure. And, and here's the thing, too. Some people, like, you'll hear Christians fight about this. Christians fight about everything, by the way. If you want to find a hypocrite, go to a Christian church. You'll find a bunch. It's so hypocritical. You know, all, all of us have work to do on ourselves. And anybody that says they don't is the problem in the world. And um, why it's so important to read the Bible for yourself is because God will talk to you personally. And I think the problem that people have right now, by, by just reading the word, you know what I mean? If you're a literate person, you can read a book, then... You can understand, like, just say, God, reveal what you want. And every single time you reveal, he will reveal something to you in that, in those words. It's amazing. And you could read it a hundred times and keep learning. And it's just incredible. So I highly encourage people to read it for themselves and take off all the blinders that you've been taught. Anything anybody's ever said, like one time somebody told me, well, I believe the earth isn't the way the Bible says because someone I trust said, said they saw it be made. Well, they weren't there when it was made. They really weren't. And the vision could be based off of their own personal idea of what they think the earth is like. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just not here to debate other people or their visions. Like I, if I'm here, to, once God shows me himself, cool. But until then, he left me a book. And I believe everything in it is very literal unless it's a parable or you can tell it's a symbol, you know, like the Holy Spirit sometimes is symboled as a ghost or a dove, but we know the Holy Spirit really isn't a ghost or a dove. Um, Jesus loves parables. So there's many parables, but when God talks about the earth, the way he created it, it's not a parable and it's not, um, a symbol. It's the way he made it and you can break it down into the Hebrew. So I want to end with a little bit of reading from the book of Enoch, which is another great great book that I love. Okay. I find this book so fascinating. And once that I actually read it, then I Googled the way he perceived the earth. And, um, like I just, I think I Googled Hebrew earth and it showed me what it looked like, what they look like. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, it, you know what? It's the cover of my podcast. Um, but you should really Google it. It's amazing. And it shows you, and it's just incredible. And if you look back and Google this too on your own, it, it go back to ancient, all ancient, um, people, Hindus, all of them go back and look at how they describe the earth. And it's all very similar. There's like a tree or in the middle, maybe, or like, there's always a cover, a firmament. It's all the same. And then you have NASA, a globe. It's so ridiculous. So everybody knew in the ancient times. And then as soon as, you know, the new world order got a hold of everybody. That was that. So I'm just reading this part because it kind of describes how he saw the earth and how it has ends to it. Um, God always talks about how it has four corners. Just Google old maps. You can kind of get an idea old. Um, you can type in biblical earth, flat earth, whatever. But it says, 
um, I'm in chapter 33 of the book of Enoch and it says, and from there I went to the ends of the earth and I saw there was large beast, each different from the other. And I saw birds also differing in the appearance and beauty and voice of one thing from the other. And to the east of those beasts, I saw the ends, there it is again, of the earth where heaven rest on it and the doors of heaven opened. And I saw how the stars of heaven come out and I counted the gates from which they came out. And I wrote down all their outlets of each individual star by their number, by their names, their courses, their positions, their times, their months, as Ariel, the holy angel who was with me, showed me. And he showed me all these things and wrote them down for me. Also their names he wrote for me and their laws and their functions. From there, I went towards the north to the ends of the earth. And there I saw a great glorious device at the ends of the whole earth. And here I saw three gates of heaven open. Through each of them proceed north winds. When they blow, there is a cold hail, frost, snow, dew, and rain. Out of one gate blows for good, but when they blow the other two gates, it's for violence, torment on the earth, and they blow with force. Anyways, this book continues on. It's just amazing. And it starts with the watchers, the holy angels that um, proceeded to have sex with mankind, their kids. Like, it just talks about all of it. It talks about... Um, the angels and their different duties and jobs, which Ariel, let's talk about what his job. Actually, do you want to hear what all the angels jobs were? Let's, let's listen. It's pretty neat. So he talks about the bad angels and what, what their jobs were and how, what they taught mankind. And these are the names of the holy angels who watch Ariel. That's the one that he was talking about is one of the holy angels who is over the world's turmoil and terror. Raphael is the holy angel who is over the spirits of men Ragul, R-A-G-U-E-L, is one of the holy angels who takes vengeance on the world of luminaries. Michael, one of the holy angels who is set over virtues of mankind and chaos. Sarquel, one of the holy angels who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit. Gabriel, the holy angel who is over paradise and the serpents and the cherubim. Remiel, one of the holy angels whom God set over those who rise. And then um, do you want, I'm going to read you now about the bad angels. Hold on. Okay. I got to say this too. You're never supposed to pray to your angels, but your angels can help you. And so what I've learned is you do not pray to angels. You command angels. Like much like if you are an army commander commanding your, your people under you. So that's how you would talk to an angel. Like, like whenever I see bad people that have bad spirits in them, I send my angels and I say, go. I call him host. I go, host, go make toast out of all the plans of the enemy over that person. Go shred trash and bash all the plans for platforms of darkness over them and go get them boys. And that's what I say. And I also was taught that you can't say it in your heart because it's something that has to be spoke out loud. Heart is like praying and stuff. So like you can say it in your heart, but you're, it, it, you're going to get more action if you speak it. Um, <clears throat> and praying is for God only, right? Okay. So it says, and Azel taught men to make swords, knives, shields, breastplates. He taught them about metals of the earth, the art of working with them, bracelets, ornaments, the use of autonomy, the beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of precious stones and the coloring of dyes. And let's see. And then Shemjaza taught the casting of spells, root cutting, Arma Rosso taught counter spells, release from spells. Barkajel taught astrology. Cocobel taught constellations. Esquel, the knowledge of the clouds. 
I'm saying all these names wrong. So by the book, uh, Equel, the signs of the earth, Shamzel, Sam, Samzel, the signs of the sun, Sarel, the course of the moon, because the moon moves, and the earth stays still. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. So <clears throat> the whole re reason, excuse me, guys, the whole reason I was reading you any of that is because everything in the spirit is so real. And so many people just live in this in this physical realm, unaware of the spiritual, speaking death over themselves. Uh, even when people say, oh, my God, I died laughing. I'm like, Ooh, people need to watch their words or I'm so stupid and like just cursing themselves or or this the evil, especially during Halloween last month, man, hocus pocus, all that stuff, putting that into your soul, souls of your children, letting those demonic beings into your home. And ugh. It's just a tough world we're in right now, and we just need to be really cautious of, of the spiritual side of things. Um, by the way, the Book of Enoch, there's three different types of books. There's one that's Ethiopian, one that's Slavonic, and the Hebrew. I would definitely probably recommend the Hebrew or the Ethiopian because for me, Ethiopia never took out the Bible, the books, right? All these books are still in the Bible. There's like 80-some books in the, the original Bible. So... If you get the whole Bible in context, you, you know, you won't question God because everything's explained. It, it, nothing's left out. It's just incredible. <sighs> so in conclusion, I no longer think that we spin around. I think NASA's full of BS. And I think that what God says is true. And I'm going to read you a few more Bible verses to finish this. And then I'm going to end with some clips from NASA. I hope you all have a great day and thank you for listening to this episode. Go read the Bible. First Chronicles 1630. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. First Samuel 2.8. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with the princes and has them inherit the throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. And he has set the world. Isaiah eleven twelve, He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Isaiah forty twenty two, He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Job 26, 7. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Job 26.10 He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between the light and darkness. Job 28.24 For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. Job 37.3 he unleashes his lightning beneath the whole earth and sends it to the ends of the earth. Psalm 75, 3. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. Psalms 93, 1. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and is armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm and secure. Psalms 104, 5. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. Revelations 7.1 After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, 
holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or the sea or on any tree. So in today's podcast, I read you some verses from Genesis to Revelation. So that's the beginning to the end of the Bible. And every single one of those books mentioned say that the earth is firm. It's on a firm foundation. We are not spinning around nothing. Everything spins around us. We are made in God's image and you're much more important than NASA and the public school system wants you to believe. Okay. I have to play this interview. This is a little girl that interviewed uh, Buzz Aldrin. Her name is Zoe. If just look up Zoe interviews, Buzz Aldrin, and I'll also put the link of this in the description box. Um, but listen to her little question. It's cute. There's nobody there to in such a long time. <laughs> That's not an eight-year-old's question. <laughs> That's my question. I want to know, but I think I know. Because we didn't go there, and and that's the way it happened. And, and if it didn't happen, it's nice to know why it didn't happen. So in the future, if we want to keep doing something, we need to know why something stopped in the past that we wanted to keep it going. Money is a good thing. If you want to buy new things, new <laughs> rockets. Money. He just said it. Money. Over, uh, and it's going to cost more money. And other things need more money, too. So having achieved what the president wanted us to do, and then what thousands, millions of people in America and millions of people around the world. You know, when we toured... You guys do not think that's crazy? He just said they never went to the moon and the reason why is because they need money to do things they need money for. Okay, let's just pretend that didn't happen. And that's true of pretty much every photo you've ever seen of space. They're all photoshopped to perfection. And I'm sure you're wondering why they do it. But the methodology behind how they do it is just as, if not even more interesting than that. No, I really want to know why. Okay, so the most important thing to get out of the way here is that none of these photos are fake. According to the space agencies that took them, they're just interpretations of our reality. These interpretations, however, are edited as NASA, the ESA, the Canadian Space Agency, and most, if not all other space agencies, Photoshop the images they take of the universe around us. Oh, that's so All surprising. The term photoshopping bears a lot of negative connotations, like models getting airbrushed to perfection, or people fit. Okay, guys, I don't want to hear this whole uh, seven minute video on why they photoshopped the Earth. I just wanted you to hear that they do Photoshop earth and all the space pictures but i want to i want to play the one of the blue the blue marble and i'm also trying to find that nasa clip of the guy saying that they lost technology but i'm having a hard time finding it it might have got scrubbed but let me see if i can find it it's the iconic blue marble image the first photo of the whole earth was taken on december 7th 1972 by the american crew of the apollo 17 mission in the decades since apollo 17 NASA has released a number of other blue marble images. 
But because we've never permanently positioned a spacecraft at the appropriate distance and with the appropriate equipment needed to take photos of the entire Earth, many of the images that we use to visualize the Earth are composites. That means they stitch together multiple images taken by satellites in order to create what only appears to be a seamless portrait of the planet as a whole. Composite imaging is an extremely valuable tool for helping us study the Earth. It also allows us to produce remarkable images like the black marble, which shows a global view of the city lights across our planet. Until now, though, we haven't had the capacity to take snapshots of the entire Earth on a regular basis. That's where the Deep Space Climate Observatory, or DISCOVER, mission comes in. DISCOVER is a satellite that was launched earlier this year as part of a collaboration among NASA, NOAA, and the U.S. Air Force. I'm going to stop it right there because I don't believe in satellites, you guys. Why don't we see them? Why don't they fall down? Why are all our cable and cell phones and everything ran with towers, 5G towers? We all know that those are real. And cables under the ground. Satellites are BS. It's just another way to lie to the public about how they take pictures of their fake photoshopped crap. And by the way, I found the video I was looking for, and I'm so excited to share and end this podcast with this moron from NASA. No second. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and it's a painful process to build it back again. It was all recorded on these telemetry tapes. So where is this hard evidence? I haven't uh, seen anything that indicates the telemetry data is even in existence. And as I said, even if we had it, we don't have the machines to play it back. Okay, so they, they just lost the data. But your, you, your own research has shown the telemetry data is missing. That's, that's right. Could this be true? Mankind's first interplanetary exploration and the original science data is missing? If it's anywhere, it should be here at NASA's Goddard Space Center in Maryland, home to the National Space Science Data Archives. This film you're making now, what is it? So this is Dr. David I Williams. Just have a I mean, do you have, you have a name for it yet, or are you... Call it Did We Go. Did We Go, okay. Okay. Did We Go. The answer is no. Either. Right, 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 right. We, we've been unable to... to to track it down. I mean, we don't know uh, where this this telemetry data ended up, and we don't know the, what, what path it may have taken. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm afraid I can't really give you much of a clue as to as to where this data ended up and whether it, it still exists. And it had lost, lost the original footage of man's first steps on the moon. Okay, think about that. Who first took the step? The photographer? How did the camera get like not fall off when it was flying through space on the <laughs> there's so many questions guys start to ask yourself the questions don't be brainwashed read the bible let's all wake up and live in harmony or as best we can <laughs> all right that's it happy friday we'll talk soon